we are glad that every one of you can be here and that we can be together here. This is a privilege and opportunity that God has given to us. And let us in this time expect you have an expectation in your heart. When you meet the Lord, you will get something. You will receive something that will leave your heart changed, your heart renewed, strengthened, and you are not the same as when you come into this place because God loves you. So we see here, God wants us, God designed us. He created human being with a design that we are not to be alone. Adam, when he was in a perfect place in the Garden of Eden, everything was perfect. But deep inside of his heart, he felt, I'm alone. I need a friend. It's true that he has a lot of animals to play with. But he said, those are not my friend. So that's why God created Eve. And that's what God designed in us. And isn't that interesting that God did not create Eve right away. But he waited until Adam found out that there is something inside of him that cannot be met with animals or other things. So actually, that's how God designed him. And that's God's design for every one of us. Even as the church, why do we have to come together? Because no one is strong by being alone. Imagine you are a soldier in a war, and when one soldier just goes off looking for his own ways, looking for what he likes, that one soldier is in great danger because he is being alone. And the enemy knows whoever is alone, that's an easy prey. And we learn that also in the spiritual realm. You know, don't ever feel that, oh, I'm good enough. I have everything that I have. Oh, I'm close with God. I don't need others. Now that's a dangerous place. Even we saw pastors who feel that, oh, I'm a big pastor. So he doesn't need friends. He doesn't want to make friends. And that's a dangerous place. So God wants us to be stronger together. And He has a plan. Let's read from Ephesians 2, verse 19 until 22. It says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together 
into a dwelling place of God by the Spirit. So once we receive Jesus as our Savior, we become children of God, sons and daughters of God. And he says, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but we become citizens. When we talk about citizens, that means you have rights. You belong. And God says, you become citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And you are fellow citizens. Because it's not me by myself going to heaven, but we will meet in a great assembly of the saints. So God has prepared such a great assembly of people who will be saints. And in here, it's being pictured as a building, God is building us as the church of God with the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Old Testament, New Testament, with Christ Jesus, the cornerstone. And let's look in verse 21 and 22. In whom the whole structure being joined together and built together. So there is no going around. If you want to belong in the kingdom of God, you have to learn to be with one another. And when you see that building, the nice church, that building can stay for years and years and years because they did not only stack up just one, one uh, brick upon another brick, they just put it up one by another. That's not it. They have to glue it together. They have to make it stick to one another. And even brick upon brick, and then they put cement over it again. To make it really sticking together. What I'm saying is, it cannot be just like, just brushing off. Hi, how are you? I'm good. It's okay. Bye. God is molding us into one body, one building, which is sticking. It has a, it's an organism. It has a network. It has a relationship. That's why it's very important. We find a connect groups, right? Uh, I, I believe... Every one of us here are active, you know, to, to make friends, meet new friends. But for each one of us, we also need to be active. I need to be in the community of God. So let's find which connect group is right for me. And don't be discouraged if you find going to one connect groups and you don't feel like you're not really at home. Well, we have several connect groups, okay? So you can try and try to be, learn to be in the community. When you are in a close-knit community, 
you are being close to one another. There is no way around getting into friction. But that's okay. God says that's the process. Iron sharpens iron. That's the process of God is molding us so that the stone doesn't have a rough structure on the outside, but the stone has to be cut really precise to fit into the structure. So that's a process. You are being taken as a wood from the forest. You need to be cut. You need maybe to be carved, and that's all painful. But the purpose is looking into the great building, Church of God, which is wow. When we come together, people will admire the greatness of the designer, the greatness of the builder, of the architect, which is God Himself. And He says, we are being built together into a holy temple, into a dwelling place of God. So each one of us, there is no other requirements if you want to be closely knitted, glued together. The only reason is when you are willing to be holy. If you are not willing to be holy, you cannot be. You cannot stand in the midst of the saints. Right? But if you seek to be holy, you seek to be a dwelling place, habitation of God, that means the thing that will unite us. Why that building is being joined together for the purpose of the dwelling place of God. If you have this desire in your heart, that desire is what drives you to stay in one together. Because you seek His presence. So today, let's look at the story how we never be alone, how we can be strong together. We will look at the story of a paralyzed man. You see a paralyzed man, uh, all the people walking around, you know, they can just go everywhere they want because they can walk. But for a paralyzed person, there's no way. It's not normal life for him. For him even to get, to get something, it requires, how can I get there? And being a paralyzed meaning, you just be on the bed, cannot do anything. And that's not a good place. Because being a paralyzed, you realize you are dependent. You are dependent on something or someone to help you, even with the simplest activity. And we look at this person being paralyzed. Maybe 
what happened to this person is a physical condition. But I believe it's not only talking about physically paralyzed, but many of us, many of the people in the world, many of our friends, we have something that paralyzed us in our hearts. Something that paralyzed us in our mind. We say, I don't want to get close to people because I don't want to get hurt again. So all those things, that's only one of the examples that makes us paralyzed. We don't want to move. We just want to be alone. Because we thought that that was the safest place to be, being alone. But God is revealing something. So let's see, number one, how we can be strong together. Number one, moving with His heart. Let's read from verse 17 until 19 on this um, story. On one of those days, as Jesus was teaching Pharisees and teachers of the laws, were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal. So there must be something that Jesus realized the power of God is here. The healing power is here, available. So for this to be written like this, there must be something tangible. And you remember, the woman with the bleeding issue, when she touched the garment of Jesus, Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciples say, Lord, many people are just crowding against you. How can you say, who touched me? And Jesus said, I know because power goes out from me. So Jesus, he's being so close with God. He knows when power is coming out of him. He knows when power of God was there for healing to happen. And let's continue verse 18 and 19. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. So number one, God wants us to learn to move together and be stronger together by moving with His heart. If we are to be a dwelling place of God, when God dwells in us, then one of the first things we learn is to hear what the heart of God is longing for. Just like, maybe put it in a practical way, husband and wife. When you start to live together, you start to learn what your husband or your wife likes 
or dislikes, right? Maybe the likes and the dislikes can change throughout the years. But you start to learn and you start to learn not to do things that your husband and wife doesn't like, right? Because we want to live together. If you keep doing the things that he or she doesn't like, that means really, really provoking. <laughs> if you want to live together in peace, then you need to understand one another. So when we live with the presence of God, you need to, you start to understand what God desires, what He likes, what He doesn't like. And God, one of the things that you read about Jesus, everywhere He goes, the heart of Jesus cannot stand it to see the people who are in need. The people who are sick, demon-possessed, and bound with such pain. And those, his heart cannot just let them, okay, guys, you have to go because I need to eat. It says Jesus even didn't have time to eat. You know why? Because he has such a great compassion. And when the disciples say, Okay, Lord, send the people away. Because it's dinner time. But God said, how can you tell the people to go when they are hungry? Wow. We can understand that God is a compassionate God. He loves people. His heart really goes for those who are in suffering, in pain. And the heart of compassion that Jesus has is the first one that moves him to heal. Even he touched the leper whom nobody else will touch. It's because out of his heart, he felt compassion for this man. And the same heart of compassion, that's the, the thing that should move us. We should not be moved by, oh, it should be like this. It should not be like that. By do and don'ts. And some people are very zealous by, for the do and don'ts. But Jesus' heart is not like that. If it's only for the laws, we will be like a Pharisee. They are strictly trying to implement all the laws, do and don'ts. But Jesus, Jesus was in total opposition with the Pharisees. Why? Because he moves with the compassionate heart of God.
And God wants us to move to have compassion. Maybe it's for your family members, those who are around you 24 hours, but also for bigger things. Maybe for your friends, for your friends in connect groups, for the friends in the church, maybe even for the nations. God can move your heart with compassion for a certain nation. Just like Jeremiah, he was, he says, inside of me I have a burning. I have such a pain. Why? Because of his nation. And God gave that compassion heart burden for the purpose of what? If you have compassion, you don't just, oh yeah, yeah, what a pity. What happened with that person? Oh, I feel so sorry. But that, it should not stop only there. You have to act on something. Just like we see in verse 18, these people, these friends, they went to the paralyzed man. They bring him and they were seeking. They were not satisfied only to bring him. Oh, Jesus was here. And they arrived there and they were not satisfied. We just wait outside, okay? Maybe when Jesus finished his teaching, he will go out and we will see him outside. And they were not satisfied with that. They really feel that if our friend meet Jesus and they don't want to take a chance, maybe he met him, maybe he's not because of the crowds. So the compassion that they have doesn't stop only with the, with the desire, but they act. But it's not only act, just bringing him, but they really try with all their might, with all what they can do. And when we see what do they do, they bring him when they cannot bring him in, they went up to the roof and they dig in through the roof and they let him down. You know all those things? If you think, if only one friend, it cannot happen. But there were four friends coming together and helping the paralyzed man. So we see here, one, we start with a heart of compassion. But you do not stop there. You need to step out. Maybe you can pray, but these friends do not only pray, but they went and took him and bring him with all that they can, even doing the impossible. Who will open up the roof and let down a paralyzed man? This is the only story that happened. But they sacrificed. They were willing to sacrifice. And because of that, they accomplished things that they cannot accomplish just by one person. 
And number two, we see. When you bring, you need to have a purpose. You need to know what is your goal. If you don't have a goal, you don't have a purpose. It becomes meaningless. Let's read verse 19 and 20. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. So number two is the destiny place. Remember that we read the power of God was present to heal. But that power of God for healing was not manifested until these people do all they can, even do the unthinkable, opening up the roof and let down the paralyzed man. So, when we act, when we move with the heart of God, you need to know where you are going. And there's only one place. This is the place where your destiny will be changed. Why many people come to the church, but they never reach this destiny place which is verse 19 they want to do the even the unthinkable, unthinkable just to bring this paralyzed man into the midst before in front right in front of Jesus and you can go to church years and years and years and years but if you don't strive to seek into that destiny place where right before Jesus. And when I read this story, this time God is just like putting a light, putting a highlight, just the light shining. Just on this place, this paralyzed man will not get the power of God if he doesn't get into this place of destiny. But once he got into this place of destiny, we will see that nothing, nothing and nothing remains the same on his life. The same thing is true for you and me. If we seek to find up until finding the face of Jesus, I can be sure nothing will remain the same in your life. If you still go with restlessness in your heart, if you still go with all this burden in your heart, that means you haven't reached that destiny place. If in your prayer time, maybe you've been praying for 10 minutes and you still don't find that peace, 
That means you haven't reached that destiny place. And sometimes you even have to do more effort. Maybe God wants you to stay not only 10 minutes in prayer. Maybe He wants to see, will you give me more time? And when this man, face to face with Jesus, Jesus is looking deep into his heart condition. Jesus did not only see, oh, I see you are paralyzed. But doesn't stay there. The eyes of Jesus penetrates deep into his spirit. And a person can be healed on the outside, but the heart is not healed. And we saw with the Israelites, many of them saw the miracles of God. They've been helped by God miraculously. They saw meat from heaven. They saw bread from heaven. But their heart doesn't change. So God knows inside of us, in the depths of our spirit, what is our need. That's why when he saw this paralyzed man, the first thing that he said, he did not say, God heals you. But he said, your sins are forgiven. Because Jesus saw that this man has been weighed down and burdened by a lot of things in his past. Until up to the point where he was paralyzed. And sure, if we open up our lives to sins, it means we open up a door for the devil. The devil can attack through sickness, diseases, accident. If we open up a door, that's why we need to close the door, any opening, by repentance, by getting forgiveness in the blood of Jesus. So when Jesus saw this man, when he penetrates deep into his spirit, he saw that he needs this freedom from the burden of sins in his past. And he said, your sins are forgiven. And we will find out in the eternity that the greatest gift that you can receive in your life is the gift of forgiveness. When you receive a big house, maybe you receive a nice car, maybe you receive a promotion in your job, that's not the greatest thing. You can receive all those things, but if you are 
you did not have forgiveness of God, where will you be? So the forgiveness of God is the greatest thing because you cannot repay. You cannot repay your debt of sin. It only can be forgiven. And in Matthew 5 verse 30, it says, Jesus said, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. Clearly, God says, it doesn't matter. Maybe you lose one of your limb, but the first thing that matters is your salvation. If you are saved, it's okay. You only have one eye, but you go into heaven. So when God says your sins are forgiven, God is giving him, this is the greatest gift that you can receive. And this destiny place change him. And let's continue reading about this story, verse 21. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven you or to say rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. So number three. When you come to that destiny place, you will get to know Jesus. Your eyes will be open to see that Jesus is not a mere man. Jesus is not only a prophet. Jesus is not only a servant of God, but Jesus is the Son of God. That Jesus is God himself who can forgive sin. And knowing Jesus, you can read it at home. I'm sorry, I did not put it up. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. For God who says, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Who knows you best? Maybe for those who are married, who knows you best is your husband or wife. Why? Because you keep looking into their face. When people are dating, they look into their face. They are staring at one another. When you know Jesus, the only place to know to have the true knowledge of God is in the face of Jesus Christ. That's why we need to find that destiny place. And when the Pharisees, they were in that place, but because their heart was hardened, they say, who is this who speak blasphemies? 
Because the heart was closed up, they do not receive that knowledge. But then what happened when Jesus spoke the word, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And verse 25, and immediately he rose up before them, picked up what he had been lying on and went home glorifying God. And amazement seized them all and they glorified God and were filled with awe saying, we have seen extraordinary things today. When the word comes out of the mouth of Jesus, I say to you, pick up. Rise, pick up, and go home. And that word has authority. The word that came out of the mouth of Jesus strengthened the legs and the feet of this paralyzed man. That is says immediately. Because that word carries authority, that means it can accomplish what is being spoken of. So the man receiving that authoritative word, he was strengthened and he was moved to stand up. And this is what happened. When you come to that destiny place, you will know that Jesus is the one who forgive our sins. And this is speaking, now we can see, this is speaking about the atonement because Jesus become the atonement for our sins. When we come to Jesus, we can receive total forgiveness. Number two, knowing Jesus as the Son of God. And the third one, knowing Jesus as the healer. I believe we all know Jesus in some part. But we need to have a thirst and hunger. Lord, I want to know you more. Maybe you need a miracle in your life. Why don't you cry out to God, Lord? I need your miracle. Let me know, Jesus, you are my healer. Maybe it's not only in your physical body. Maybe a miracle in your heart. A miracle in your family. A miracle in your mind. When you cry out, when you go to that destiny place, you will get to know Jesus more. In the face of Jesus Christ. Let me ask the musicians to come forward. And let's prepare our heart. More than anything, God longs to see you face to face. It's not for you to look at me, look at those who are ministering here. But more than that, you see Jesus himself. So let us all stand up in his presence and let's say, Jesus, your loving kindness, that's the heart of God. He's full of love, full of compassion to us. Thank you, Lord Jesus.